I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Never Gets Old, a firsthand account of all things secondhand and sustainable. This is a podcast about the resale world and economy, buying and selling secondhand, as well as the world of sustainable fashion. I'm your host, Meredith Feynman, and I am joined by my bestie in the Westie producer, Sarah Lane. Meredith, I'm so excited to have another show, and I want to know what we're talking about today. Ugh, one of my most favorite things, denim, blue jeans, jean jackets, Canadian tuxedos. <laughs> I love I love denim so much. Yeah, I am a denim fan as well. If I could live in jeans forever... I often say, if a bar is the kind of bar where you're not supposed to wear jeans, I'm not going. And I think that jeans are endlessly chic. Like, they're just always chic. A solid pair of jeans will get you so far. We're going to get into the history of denim, why you should never buy new denim. I'm going to give you some tips and tricks all about buying secondhand vintage and contemporary denim. And I'm currently wearing, because as we discussed in our last episode, the 90s are just all the rage right now. I'm currently wearing shorteralls, Sarah, uh, vintage shorteralls from Paris, which are Overall shorts, they're black. Yeah, I can see you on our little Skype video window, and I mean, I'm only looking at the upper half of you, but they're pretty cute. Thank you. I I mean, my fourth grade self is just high-fiving me real hard. Had I known that I could be a 32-year-old lady in shorteralls and have that be on trend, I would never have believed you. I think shorteralls, overalls, anything with the suspender strap fun stuff is the cutest. I'm glad it's back. It probably won't be forever, but every time I see somebody wearing a cute pair, now I'm like, I gotta get some. Yeah, they're actually, it's hard to find good overalls. And once you find a good pair, your life is forever changed because they're so comfortable. It's like wearing a jumpsuit and you just have to make sure that your straps don't fall in the toilet. Yeah, yeah. Once you get the hang of that, uh, it's a whole new world. (laughs) So Sarah, I know that I brought you on your own denim journey. Do you want to tell tell listeners, we've talked about at the beginning of the podcast, I would say, uh, many episodes back, but talk a little bit about your denim journey. Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a denim freak. Most of my dresser is full of denim, and I also tend to keep denim that is just something that was a nice pair, even if they've fallen out of fashion, because I just keep hoping that they'll come back. And actually, a lot of my bootcut stuff that's a little flary at the bottom is coming back around. It only took 10 years. But so I've, I've, I've got a ton of it. And I, because I'm, 
I'm a small person and things don't fit me right and there's lots of tailoring that has to happen. I've tailored many a jean over the years. When I find something that kind of works for me, I'll pay top dollar for it. And that's just something I've told myself over the years is I'm just the kind of person who has to pay a lot for the right pair of jeans. As of late, one of my favorite brands is Rag & Bone. Skinny jeans, you know, hip, you know, sort of low on the hips. Well, some, some of them were a little bit higher-waisted, but uh, had a little stretch, you know, very form-fitting. And a lot of the capri styles that are supposed to be, like, above the ankle for everybody were actually perfect for me as a regular <laughs> jean. So I have been going to town over the last few years buying $300 jeans. Not every day. But when I needed a new pair, I was I was going to get something nice from Rag and & Bone. And I would literally like walk into the Rag & Bone store and find my size and buy them. And Enter me. Yes. And, and Meredith was like, this. I can't be your friend unless you change your life around. So with the help of Meredith on Poshmark, a few months back, I bought my first pair of secondhand jeans. Red jeans, super cute. I wear them all the time. At the time that I bought them, I thought... Are they a little off? Like, is the stitching a little wrong? Is there something, you know, were, were these were these maybe excess inventory that, like, wasn't good enough for Rag & Bone? But I also think that maybe I just told myself that because they came from a more unconventional place. They're, like, my favorite jeans. Ugh, I'm so happy, so thrilled. This World of Denim episode, you're going to learn why you should never, not only not pay full price for jeans, but rarely ever buy jeans new. <laughs> So I'm trying to think, first of all, you talked about tailoring. I'm such an impulsive person that if jeans don't fit me, the chances that I'm just going to put them on my floor and whip out my scissors and just cut them off. I've cut off everything. I, I like I really need to learn how to sew if any INGO listeners are like pros and want to like show me the ropes because I have fucked up more things. <laughs> I mean, denim's not hard. You just like cut it off and then you fold it so you can make sure it's even. It's harder than that. And I'm sure, yeah, people are out there going, oh, you just, you guys just don't know the right tricks. Just the other day, and it works out well because it's like super hot in LA right now, but old pair of rag and bone jeans used to be great. They've just, they've lost their stretch straight out of the dryer. They looked good for five minutes. And then as soon as I was sitting down, they were just like saggy in the butt and just weird. They were trash. And they were old, so it wasn't anything that I, I was going to be too sad to part with. But I was like, wait a second, why don't I just cut them off? Because they're baggy and they'll look like really cute cutoffs. And they, they, have, uh, they have seen new life. Had to wash them a few times to kind of get that fraying right. Yeah, so we'll also get into washing denim, some myths of how to wash denim, best practices. I've been poking around the internet. But I was thinking back, I'm not convinced... I ever recall paying full price and or buying a new pair of jeans, except one time right when Rag and Bone came out. I remember going to Bloomingdale's and buying like the classic skinny dark wash jean and they were $220, which just horrifies me. Mm -hmm. But in the time since I'm not I've never paid more than I would say 80 to 90 bucks for a pair of, de of jeans. And I have a great denim collection. I have tons of redone. I have tons of frame. I have tons of mother, which is a denim brand I really like. And I have never, ever, ever paid anywhere near retail and they've never been new. One of the great reasons why you should buy secondhand jeans is someone's already broken them in for you. I don't know if you've ever bought new jeans, but they can be really 
tough. And and the whole point of denim is that with more wear, they get cuter, they mold to your body. I had this pair of amazing jean shorts that I wrote about once that I loved. They were vintage, obviously. And they had sort of, because wear will show up, particularly on denim, on vintage denim, but they had the outline of a wallet in the back pocket. And and it just made me think about their about their previous life. So that cool wallet wear-in... I totally get it. In fact, I love that look, especially on men's jeans. But someone's body being in a pair of jeans that would technically fit both of you can be a very different body. So how do you how do you get around someone who who I might buy jeans from who just had maybe wider hips or narrower hips than me? And so when I put them on, it's like, hmm, this doesn't really work. Well, we're going to get into the ins and outs of buying secondhand denim and especially those questions because a lot of jeans do end up molding to your body like a Birkenstock or other type of item that is made to be worn in and broken in with your specific features. But I wanted to talk a little bit about the history of denim um, because it's really interesting. It's really old. Uh, It's one of our oldest garments, uh, are as in, in America at least. And it's actually really cool. Yves Saint Laurent, the designer, you know, one of his most famous quotes is, I wish I invented blue jeans. Um, I would say they're probably a staple of Americana. If you think of like Bruce Springsteen, his famous, famous album cover with the, you know, back of a pair of Levi's. It's like really an Americana thing that has since spread all over the world and we've seen totally a resurgence in the interest in in something like Levi's. So what is denim? Where does it come from? So the name denim is from French, which I will subsequently butcher, Serge de Denim. That sounded pretty good. Okay, thank you, thank you. Uh, So denim is cotton, cotton that is produced in a highly particular way. Um, And... Denim has been used in the United States since the 1800s. Thank you, Wikipedia, for all this information. Give money to Wikipedia. So denim became popular as early as 1873. So we had this guy, Jacob Davis, a tailor, uh, who was who was making clothing for laborers, miners, railroad workers. And you see old photos like this. Everybody's in overalls or jeans. So his concept for making reinforced jeans was inspired when a female customer requested a pair of durable and strong pants for her husband to chop wood. Now in 2019, I am also using my shorter alls to chop wood. But Davis made these jeans and he saw copper rivets just lying around and he decided to add them. And that was it. Jeans with the denim rivets. The style has not changed very much. And he licensed this style because he started to get an insane number of requests to... Levi Strauss. And Levi's was so impressed with him that they actually had him run manufacturing for Levi's and mass production in San Francisco for a really long time. Um, And forever and ever, denim was used, was not considered a fancy thing, was not considered, you know, we talk about rag and bone and chic denim and it being part of fashion. That was not the case. This was like a laborer, working class type of material that you could use outside it was durable would protect you from sharp objects like it has a really really utilitarian sort of look but also history from the air force to like other very rigorous jobs uh denim was the uniform You know, when my parents were in high school, this is the mid-1960s, my mom, and we're from the Bay Area, my parents are from the Bay Area, so 
the Levi's thing was close to home anyway. And she, they weren't allowed to wear pants to school. That's just not what you did in the 1960s. You wore a dress. And so she always says the fact that the girls could wear Levi's on the weekends was like the coolest thing. And that was a big part of it because it was, it was somewhat masculine still or thought that way by, by their parents. And that was what helped it propel to something that was actually very fashionable. Yeah. And it's amazing. So I remember recently Gloria Vanderbilt, the heiress and uh, fashion designer, mother of Anderson Cooper, uh, was really one person with Gloria Vanderbilt jeans that, that really shifted Levi, or not Levi's, excuse me, shifted denim from this idea of being really utilitarian, very male, to something that could be high fashion. Um, and I think that's, you know, one reason why Yves Saint Laurent was like, I wish I had invented blue jeans because they're endlessly chic forever and they have a really interesting history. And that's one reason why. So I collect a lot of vintage denim. I collect vintage denim jackets. I collect vintage jeans. Uh, vintage shorts. I think the history and the durability of this fabric is really cool. It's really American. And it it just sticks around longer than probably any other secondhand garment. So let's talk about what kind of an industry denim is, though, from a purely money perspective. It's a huge, huge, huge industry. Again, this is from Wikipedia. Uh, so this was 2007. Uh, the worldwide denim market was $51.6 billion. But that is in 2007. So according to latest numbers I'm looking at, globally, denim industry uh, during 2015 to 2020, market value is going to increase from $113 billion to $153 billion. Well, it's, it's so ubiquitous now, and it means so many different things. Denim jeans, yeah, I don't know, when you think of, yeah, the old 501s, the real classics, it's like, well, that's still around, but denim is all over the place. Uh, there are so many different styles. There's a lot of different quality crap denim that I buy every once in a while. Uh, and I know it's not going to last very long, but it fits for like five minutes. And then there's really nice denim. Like I said, overpaying for rag and bone jeans because I know that they're going to last for a while. I could get a deal on them. And now I know because of the show. But it's almost like saying T-shirt it's like denim jeans are, are, everybody wears them. Yeah, and they're just, what's amazing, I just think denim's really amazing as a fabric choice. I mean, now, you know, you have raw denim and salvage denim and people get like, especially if you're like more hype beasty, like people get very, very, very serious about their denim and to, to cult levels of certain cuts and, and collectors. But I want to talk about shopping vintage denim because I'm someone that collects vintage denim jeans and, and we, I can talk about jackets too. But the vintage Levi's look, like for a while we had the boyfriend jean and then vintage Levi's pants came back in a mega way, I don't know, probably five years ago, five, six years ago. Uh, so if you've been looking at a lot of the world of Redone, which we've talked about, which is a fancy brand that re redoes uh, vintage jeans and sells them for a lot of money. Um, you don't need to do that. I mean, I have a lot of redone. I've never bought a new pair. Uh, I buy them exclusively secondhand. But one thing to think about when buying vintage denim is what's a look you want and uh, you just have to try on every pair. It totally sucks. But Denim, depending on the decade, particularly vintage denim, let's talk about vintage denim. So depending on the decade, depending on the cut, depending on men's or women's, uh, though vintage denim, you're likely going to do better with men's because it's just sort of a straighter cut 
and I like it more. Uh, you just have to try on every pair. It totally sucks. But a 29 in a Levi's from, you know, 2012 and a 29 from Levi's in from 1986 uh, are going to vary really widely. And since there's no stretch, like stretch denim is a definitely a newer concept. So with any of these vintage jeans, there's not going to be any stretch. We're used to having sort of like the jeggings adjacent. I remember only wearing jeggings in like 2000, what, 2009, 2010, which were denim leggings, which were smart for a minute and then turned really ugly. Um, but I'm, I may have a pair or two to this day. <laughs> you know what? I love you anyway, girl. Um, but you just have to try on every every pair. But the stretch thing is new. So it can be really frustrating, but you just have to get a sense of what you like and completely ignore size. Throw size out the window. This stuff is going to run really small, uh, which sucks because that ends up meaning that a lot of vintage denim can be pretty exclusionary for bigger sizes. And there are definitely denim brands trying to inspire that vintage look in uh, bigger sizes. Like, a you know, I don't really like the Kardashians, but people generally tend to stand Chloe Kardashian's good American American denim line. Vintage denim 101. Where are you going to find it? So I would not buy this stuff online. I'm also not an online shopper, but I just wouldn't because as I said, all the sizes are going to vary widely. And when you get to a vintage store or somewhere that sells vintage denim, just start trying them on. It is always much easier, as I've said in previous episodes, to get things taken in than it is to get things taken out. Uh, and I have some prized pairs of vintage jeans from around the world that I have tried to mess with, and you can't really. Um, though recently I got an amazing Esprit vintage white pair in Copenhagen. I have a pair of prized, prized Levi's, vintage Levi's from Paris, and they are just blatantly too small, like five inches too small, not safe for work too small. They're never going to button. Sarah, I might have to give them to you, frankly. <laughs> I'll take it. Oh, the Esprit outlet when I was a kid, that was, that was the place to go. We didn't even understand that outlet meant it was a bunch of stuff that wasn't going to get into like the regular Esprit store. It was just the biggest Esprit store. And you drive to San Francisco and it was a whole thing. So, yes. Uh, send, send, me, send me those little white jeans. Well, so the, the white jeans fit me, oh. but the vintage <laughs> Levi's that I bought in Paris. So what makes a good pair of vintage jeans? So for me, a collector of vintage denim, what do I look for? There's so much of it everywhere. And I'm always buying new pairs and then selling them and buying and selling um, so I buy them from all over the world and everywhere I go from a fancy store to a Goodwill, and I'll get into that in a second, but what do I look for? Like what makes this pair from France so amazing that I won't part with it is they're just perfectly worn in. The color is beautiful. It's a particularly bright indigo, but very faded. They're beautiful. And I've done this to many vintage pairs. They can be very hard to repair because there's no stretch in the fabric. I had a pair of vintage jeans that my tailor has now sewn up a million times because all I did was like keep ripping the butt, keep ripping the front, like just flashing everyone all the time. But I refuse to get rid of them. Um, so look for color, look for cut. Anything can be cut off. You know, I've definitely bought vintage denim jeans that are too long and I just cut them with scissors, which some people listening might be crying or not. But you can always do those sorts of things. You can get denim taken in. It's a little bit difficult to alter because it is a non-stretch, very thick fabric. 
The non-stretch denim is the denim that lasts longer, though. I mean, I love a good stretch. When it fits, it's, it's, it, it hugs you in all the right places. But once that stretch goes, you can't get it back. Totally. And also, that's why it was used as a utilitarian material. I mean, it was not meant to be worn for fashion. It was meant to be worn for utility. So, you know, now that we're, you know, I'm, I'm slogging a long day on Instagram in my vintage Levi's, really, really putting them to the test. They're basically almost indestructible. So you don't have to pay a lot of money for vintage denim jeans, um, particularly vintage Levi's. They've gotten really popular. So you have the reduns, which can retail for $300, which is completely unnecessary. You have people taking advantage of helping people understand how to shop vintage denim. So there are brands like the Vintage Twin in New York. Uh, which is basically vintage shopping light, as in it's been cherry picked and they're the only the best t-shirts, only the best sweatshirts, only the best jeans. And they have a denim bar where someone will help you figure out how to fit these on your bod. Don't think that's necessary, but if it makes you feel better and they've been doing gangbusters, then go for it. But for me, some of the best pairs of vintage Levi's have been from Goodwill and they are I buy the men's ones and I've done that with shorts too. I remember so many years ago in like 2013, right as the resurgence of vintage Levi's was popping up, um, everyone had vintage Levi's shorts and I remember walking into, I was living in New York at the time and I walked into an Urban Outfitters and they were like 60 bucks or something and then I walked across the street to Goodwill and bought a couple pairs of the men's Levi's, cut them off into shorts with a pair of scissors, and threw them in the washing machine. Now, this is a dumb question, but men's and women's bodies are different. Women have more of an hourglass body. Not all women, but that's, that's a generalization that, 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 that applies to a lot of us. How do men's jeans fit women so well? Is it because they've kind of worn in enough? I think it's, I mean, you have to try it on. Um, you have to try it on. And like, again, I am a straight size woman, which means that, you know, I'm a size four or size six. And so I'm afforded some of these styles uh, just because of lack of stretch and like a certain size range. I can wear them. And uh, but that doesn't mean that everyone cannot. It's a look. It's a look. It's well. And I think for 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 me, it's like I don't know many guys who would have my waist size, but I could get. I could have some fun with belts and and use the style to my advantage. Totally. And for you, who's a very small size, like there are just vintage women's Levi's that have always been straight leg. I mean, they don't have to be Levi's. There's a spree. There's I'm trying to think of other like denim, you know, older denim brands, Jordache, like like really throwbacks. It's not all Levi's. There's a lot of different great vintage secondhand denim that you can play around with. You you can buy boys, Sarah. You could buy women, small women's sizes. Again, with, with secondhand denim, you really have to poke around. I was in a Goodwill in Pittsburgh, uh, which is where my grandma used to live uh, before she passed away. And I remember buying a pair of, I think they were women's, secondhand Levi's, but you really just have to try them on. That's the deal. None of these are necessarily expensive. Go to a vintage store, poke around. It can be frustrating because they have no stretch. A lot of them are button fly, um, which is an older thing that was like basically standard. And sometimes when I wear all my button fly, like vintage ones, like the two buttons at the bottom just pop out and it's just, (laughs) you know, 
<laughs> it's a look. <laughs> it's a look. It's also, and this goes for, well, this goes for new jeans too, because as you said, no two jeans are always exactly alike, even if you know your size and you know your style and you know what you're looking for. I've definitely found that to be true over the years. And with vintage denim, I can imagine it's so much more the case. And you know, you ever hold up a pair and you're like, yeah, this isn't going to fit me. They either, I can tell that they're too big or the butt's weird or they're, I can tell that they're too small, but you try them on anyway. And often you're right and you look horrible and that that's the end of that. But every so often I'll be like, oh no, these are good. They didn't look good off of me, but they look really good on. Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants was on to something, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> um, so that's that's a lot about vintage denim. Selling vintage denim, you get almost no money unless they're redone or like a special collaboration. For me, when I'm done with those vintage jeans, I will sustainably recycle them, donate them, or give them to people. Uh, I remember there was this, this uh, young woman who worked in a consignment store who I just thought she was the coolest. She's going to be a major fashion force and I was like hey this might be super weird but I have another amazing pair of secondhand like vintage denim she was like oh I really want a pair of redone I was like screw redone like let me do you one better I have a pair of vintage jeans from Paris that won't ever fit me you're smaller than I am do you want them and she was like yeah okay um so give them to friends donate them you get very very little money um, you'll get a little bit at like a Buffalo exchange, but just know that they're not expensive to buy and you don't get a lot to sell them. Um, a lot of people have made like mini businesses of this on eBay or on Etsy or on Poshmark. But again, because they are so hyper particular to you and your body um, and they're all different, that also makes them extremely difficult to sell, at least online. that's more about vintage. What I also want to talk about is how you should never buy uh, new premium denim. So premium denim is a newer concept. I remember my first pair of, I would say this was before premium denim, but the most expensive jeans that I could remember buying, all I wanted were mud jeans. Sarah, did you have mud jeans? I did not. Ugh, mud. Two Ds. They were they were the tits in the 90s. I remember I just harassed my mother to take me to Hex, which is now Lord & Taylor, and buy me a pair of mud jeans in the junior section. And they were 40 bucks. And I was like, I am fashion. Why were mud jeans so cool? And and it, this might be a regional thing, or maybe I was just I was I was very into my 501s at the time in the 90s. So maybe I just I just I missed the trend. Yeah, I guess Mud. I I guess Mud was one of those early brands that started to cater to juniors and teens, like having this idea of trendy jeans. I remember then moving up from there, like the fanciest. I think they were like a hundred and sixty bucks. Was Miss Sixty jeans? Did you oh, ever have I, Miss Sixty oh, jeans? Oh yes, yes, I sure did. Miss Sixty. You could get the those at like Contempo Casuals in the mall. Yes, but like they were the like height of chic. I never had any. They were very expensive, but the cool girls walk around with that teeny little tag on their tush that said Miss 60. And a lot of brands tried to imitate that with like teeny little tags that look like the Miss 60 brand, but they were not Miss 60. Um, But then as, as, you know, the aughts began, we started to see designer denim. So you have your seven jeans, page, true religion, uh, you know, all of these. And then and then later Rag and Bone, but really I feel like the originals were like 
Seven Jeans, Citizens of Humanity, like same idea that they it just became hyper trendy to have these like extremely expensive, sometimes very like detailed, but rhinestone jeans. Oh yeah, I was I was I was in that phase for sure. I remember buying a pair of True Religion jeans. I was living in LA at the time. It was like a former life in LA and they were top dollar. In fact, that was probably the first time I spent over $200 for a pair of jeans and they were also designed to look worn, which was also kind of new at the time where it's like, oh, there's a hole in the knee, but it's like supposed to be there. They were like pretend old jeans and I wore the shit out of those jeans. Yeah, one of my one of my claims to fame is that my very best friend, Hi Morgan, uh, was an early Seven Jeans fit model, um, which when she told me that, I was like, oh, my God, you were the coolest person I know by far. And she was like, we're <laughs> in our 30s. I was like, I don't care. That's the coolest thing I've ever heard. But yeah, I mean, the Seven, the little logo, and I used to furiously hunt for them at like Lowman's or secondhand stores. So let's talk about what happened with premium denim. Premium denim still exists. Then you had the rag and bone. Now you have brands like Frame and Mother, which I like to buy. You should never buy them new, ever, 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 ever. For some reason, and I don't know enough about like the actual production lines of these brands, they made too many. They just made too many. And because of that, these jeans, no matter how designer you think they are, are all in consignment stores and they're all online secondhand and they go for nothing. Like if you look up a pair of Frame... The skinny D Gian or whatever, Jean, J-E-A-N-N-E, which is their hot style and has been for a long time. You know, those retail for 200 something dollars. And I went on eBay and bought like a set of three of them for like a hundred bucks. Like it's wild out there. Wow. And these were not fakes. These were just, it, this is just, there's so much inventory that it's driving the price down. It's overstock. There's so much inventory that jeans, these trendy jeans too, that are hyper trendy, they retain no value. So basically what you need to do is buy them secondhand because they are a quarter, a fifth of the price. And I have always had the hot jeans, but they've never been new and they've never been more than like, as I said, like 75, 80 bucks. And also considering where you're buying them. So I'm someone who buys, you know, IRL in real life. And whenever I'm in Los Angeles, Los Angeles is the capital of jeans, cool jeans. That's where I get all of my secondhand frame, secondhand mother. A lot of them are made in California. And then they have these product lines where like, oh, this is the season trend cut. Like now we got to get them out the door. And that's that's where you're able to find them. But if you so, for example, like those those frame skinny jeans that I'm talking about that they still sell like you know, maybe the newest wash, but I don't think you need the newest wash because they're really not the different from the second newest wash. If you look on the real reel, they're 50 bucks tops. So it's something you should really try. Again, you have to try them on, but this is a little bit easier than buying vintage denim. These are size standard. You kind of know how they fit. For me, I remember, this is the other thing too about now when you have trendy jeans, you have to grab that style or you're never going to see it again. Was there ever a pair of jeans, Sarah, that like escaped your clutches? Um, oh, I'm sure there have been many. Uh, you mentioned mother jeans and I have been told and I'm just this is just my own laziness that I've never tried on a pair that I can remember. But I have been told that they keep their stretch better than any other of the stretch kind of skinny jean look. And that's really important because, of course, as we know, the stretch, once you lose that elasticity, it's over. You might as well cut them off and make some make some shorts out of them. But yeah, I mean, that's 
probably a, a brand that I could certainly get into it now, but at this point, I'm not sure how much I care. I, I do because my fit is pretty specific. Anytime there's a style, especially if there's another little lady, or I'm like, I like those jeans. Did you hem them? Oh, Most yeah. of the time it's yeah. like, yeah, I did. Or they're rolled up or whatever. You know, you make your style your own. But every once in a while, someone will be like, no, this is the such and such style from, you know, Citizens or something. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, I got to get those because... Once once I know that they exist, I want that for myself because it's hard to find. I go through cycles. I'm still kind of in my rag and bone cycle, but now that bell bottoms are back, I I you know, I'm I'm ready to dip my toe into maybe some vintage stuff. Yeah, so I would say the only I definitely keep up with denim brands and sw- end up swapping out all my pairs. So for a long time I had a zillion pairs of frame. I sold all of them. Now I think I only buy anything that's not vintage is going to be mother denim. I stan. I think their quality is very high. Uh, and they keep popping up. They they will continue to pop up, but I think that people are realizing that the value is not staying there, and I don't know how these brands necessarily are doing, which is which works in your favor. So it never gets old, listeners. Give it a shot. Think about a pair of jeans you want or you like and consider buying it secondhand. Try them on somewhere else first. For me, there was a pair, and, and grab them if you like it. you got to get them now because, again, these styles turn over. There was a pair of page jeans that I loved so much and they stopped producing them and one thing you can do if you have a pair of jeans you love pull out the tag and there's a style number they all of all brands categorize things by style numbers SKU numbers type that into the google machine and I found another pair on ebay oh there you go that's smart so there are a lot of lot of tricks then again that's buying selling this denim again doesn't really hold much value for you you can get a little bit of credit but but you're a little smarter about your denim as you know one denim lover to hopefully some of you uh, I just love them so Sarah have you ever heard that you should put your you shouldn't wash your jeans and you should put them in the freezer <laughs> I've not heard the freezer part but I do know and and there's just a couple of guys they just happen to be male. But I've got a couple of guy friends who swear you should never, ever wash your denim jeans. And I just, I need to know how they get around not washing an article of clothing that's near junk all the time. So the problem with washing high quality denim or vintage denim is like, it will immediately change the pants. So I have some like vintage pairs when they fit you perfectly and you start wearing them in, like you can't wash them. And I think I like wash them once in a very blue moon and as we've gone over I'm a very gross person but (laughs) for a long time there was this myth and it's a myth that you should not wash your jeans and they they, it it came from like Levi's and it's just someone pulled it out of somewhere and it's not true that instead of washing them what you should do is put them in the freezer to kill the bacteria okay it doesn't work. Uh, there was an article I was reading before we started recording about how the Levi's CEO was like, please do not put your jeans in the freezer. It does not work. Yeah, you think you think of like boiling jeans as being the, the bacteria killer, but that obviously is off the table. So I turned to a denim expert and or style, the style setter that I would trust, which is Esquire magazine. So here's what they say about washing nice jeans. Turn them inside out before you put them in the washing machine. So basically, I will say I'm not going to like I have two categories of clothing in my life. Things I'm going to absolutely just toss into the washing machine. I don't even separate colors. I'm a monster. I'm very lazy. 
or I dry clean. Those are the two extremes. I'm a woman of extremes. So like if these jeans need special care, like I'm sorry, I'm likely not going to do it. However, you can turn them inside out before you put them in the washing machine. That'll help. And then it says for darker jeans to use a detergent designed for dark clothing and then to wash them as infrequently as possible. But if you got to wash them, wash them because it's fucking gross, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I, there, there's just no way that I can get behind the never wash your jeans uh, trend, if it's even a trend. Not to say that other people haven't figured it out, but that's just not going to happen in my house. So never gets old listeners like, what do you love about denim? What jeans are your favorite? Like, let's get some best practices in here. Best practices is a really dry word. But like, you know, I want to know what you're buying, what you're into, what you think retains value, what you think, you know, makes your butt look nice. Tell me what jeans you stand uh, and then we'll we'll bring it up again. So that was the world of denim. I fucking love denim. You can find me in a Canadian tuxedo at any time, which uh, means that I'm wearing denim on the top and denim on the bottom. It's my favorite black tie look. But in the meantime, you can find us online at ingopodcast.com. There you can leave a comment, submit a question. There's also a call in line. We want to hear from you. I love denim. I want to hear about your love of denim. Maybe you don't love denim. Maybe this helped you love denim. You can also slide into the DMs on Instagram at INGO Podcast. Tweety tweet at us at INGO Podcast on Twitter. Hang out with us. Tell us what you love. Put on your Canadian tuxedo and we'll see you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.